towards center ice and then just chips it into the Boston net. Matt Grizzly bubble it. Johnson to steal right circle. Up to go. Pallon! Score! on the storm. Riders on the storm. Into this house we're born. Into this world we're thrown. Like a dog without a bone and actor out alone, riders on the storm. There's a killer on the road. His brain is squirming like a toad. Should we uh, should we start the show here? I think so. Hey, welcome to War of the Bay. I'm Kyle. I'm Anthony. Uh, so uh, we can never assemble the Avengers anymore. No, <laughs> it just doesn't work. It doesn't work out, which is fine. I mean, this is life. This is also the advantage that a, that a three man show gives you is you have a lot. You have you have a deep bullpen to, yep. to, to 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 choose from. Life gets in the way. I couldn't come last week due to work obligations. Yeah, and then next week. So it's always weird during playoff season now because it's like I'm gonna check. I, I'm like I was like counting ahead this week. I'm like, okay, no, we should be good for Thursday. We are. There's no rays or lightning tonight. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rays coming home tomorrow, so it's it happens to work out. But I was like, I was like, okay, Monday. That means we'll play on Wednesday. And then okay, okay, we're good, we're good, we're good. But I again another Saturday three o'clock game, which is kind of like I'm fine with those. Is it? Wait, or do we play tomorrow or we Saturday? Play tomorrow at seven. Oh, okay, never mind. Never and then mind. Sunday, Sunday at, three. at three. Yeah, which is good because I'll actually be off work for once, right? Yeah, I've been able to watch. Well, no, I'm. I mean, I get to watch the seven o'clock games. I'm usually home way before then. But right. like those three o'clock Saturday games, like usually I'm gonna miss like at least the first period. Yeah, I miss. I, I tend to miss a lot of the games just because of like, uh, like work, gym, obligations. Like, yeah, yeah, obligations, and then, but like I'm keeping up with it. And yeah, I always got my phone on me. But yeah, how do you how do you do it? Like when you when you're keeping up with a with a playoff hockey game. Oh, Twitter. Yeah. Twitter's a good way to follow because you're getting the <laughs> updates from the beat writers and stuff like that. I that's my thing. Like I have this weird thing to where like I don't want to see the score. I don't want to Google the score and see the score and the time. I want to look on Twitter and like I specifically I look at like people's timelines and like how they're reacting. I'm like, okay, he's cool, he's cool. I look at yours a lot, I'm like, okay, he's fine. And I look at like I look at uh, Joe Smith. And I look at a couple other people, and I'm like, okay, they're they're chill, they're chill, or okay, they're talking about this call or that call, so okay, all right, we're fine. As long as they're not like Boston scores or or, or something, that's with me. I used to like tweet, uh, like play not play by play, but like I would react in real time to something that was happening. Like we, like I'd be like, oh, like I literally put that on Twitter, like oh. You know, like if we like had a scoring opportunity that we probably should have buried and we didn't, but now it's just sort of like I'm just watching and forming thoughts and then tweeting. Right. Like instead of just like reactionary tweeting, I don't know. I'm very reactionary. Because by the end of the game, my timeline would be filled up with like one word tweets. Yeah. And, like, yep. <laughs> and like the people that are not into sports are like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, I, I think about that too. But it's also cool to like, because like when you're watching any live sports, Bucks, Rays, or Bolts, you see, um, like the, your timeline just fills up with like, fuck yeah, or like, yeah. like what the fuck, like what's going on? Especially if we use like Tweet Deck where it just updates by itself. Like also yeah. just like. <laughs> so where where do we where do we where do we start? There's so much to get into. Yeah, we pretty much have. So we've had much. three games that we have to cover. 
Yeah, and we're not. You guys podcasted the night before the series started, so we did. We we, we no, actually, we podcasted the 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 night before, or what was it the night before? Because we started on a Friday. We we podcasted before Game Five against New Jersey, I believe. Right? No. Yeah, was that you? Or is that you and I? No, you did. Okay. We because you called that we were going to close them out. What did I? I I feel like that was with you. I don't fucking know anymore. Who, I, I, who knows? No, this? you got no. We'd already called. We'd been the Lightning had played in like a solid week up until. The first game was on Friday, I want to say, because you guys wouldn't podcast during a game. So that's true. Okay, so we 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 had we called the the Lightning closing out the the Devils, which which happened, and and they they played a great game, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's I, I'm like trying to remember what happened in that game, and then not a whole lot that worth talking about, right? Just close them out, close them out at home. Just didn't have to get on a plane again, right? They talked right. About that was the whole thing. We don't want to go back to New Jersey. No, okay. So the first game of the Bruins series was Saturday at three o'clock. So you guys podcasted two mu- two nights before the Bruins series started. It was Saturday, April twenty eighth. Okay. And we lost six two. Okay. All right. Yeah. So there you go. So uh, close out the Devils. Devils. Uh, <laughs> Devils played great. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. We don't. Need, I don't want to even get into this. Anymore. Someone on this Twitter called it a, a gentleman's sweep, meaning we let them have one, which we kind of did. Which we kind of did. We kind of handed them a game because uh, we couldn't stay out of the box. But yeah, the, we did what we needed to. We didn't. We you can't let that go back to New Jersey because then they got all the the confidence that they can push this to seven. All they got to do is win one more game. No, you got to close them when you get the chance, and uh, and they did. And they in pretty convincing fashion too. The score didn't show up, but we we dominated that game. And look what happened with with Boston too. I mean, they got pushed all the way to the brink against yeah. Toronto. They were down going into the third period of that game. But anyways, we're we're playing Boston, and um, I want to start off with this. I th- really do think they're in. If you were to flip that coin again on game one, there's a good chance we win that game. Even though we lost 6-2, I really think we played well enough to win that game. And I think the that a lot of statistics and, and just watching it backed that up, but we couldn't finish. And we, Boston finished every mistake we made. So, I, they yeah, they won the game. They won it 6-2. I mean, there's not a lot you can say about that. But I really do feel like... If you were to flip, if you were to rerun that game, it might go differently. Yeah, it's always interesting in the playoffs because the um, you got to finish. This well, the scores are always kind of like like we're getting ahead of ourselves. But like last night we played, we we won four one four to one. But it was really we really won three to one. It was an empty netter, and we yeah. fucking it was like most of the time in the playoffs, those shit that shit those empty netters go in, and the teams are so good that you you end up scoring at the end of the game like that. So it kind of like it skews that up, and it looks like a fucking blowout. When really it was it was three one. You got to think like Boston scores another goal, then holy shit, you're one goal down, and then you. And yeah. So it's like it's a little. I I think it's let's a, go it, in order though. It's a little closer. And yeah, let's 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 go in order. And so I, game it, one was well. I want to talk first about like uh, Tom Jones. Tom Jones comes out in the in the, in the St. Pete Times and 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 basically calls for the Lightning to lose this game and and or the, to lose the series. Yeah, uh, I think I, I want to say he Jones said six does, man. I, I like. I don't. I, I don't like Tom it. Jones. I do like Tom Jones. I'm sorry. I do. I, in, in my opinion, the Bruins are extremely good hockey team and possibly the toughest team we're going to have to face in the Eastern Conference. If you know, out of the three series that we'll have to play, if we get all the way to the Cup again. But 
I also think that the Bruins are a little more shallow than people have uh, than people have anticipated. Their first line is fucking amazing. Bar- Marchin, Bergeron, and Pasternak are really fucking good. That's an amazing line. Their second line is good, but after that, man, the drop off is a lot steeper than people I think have talked about. Uh, their depth can't run with ours. They're just they're scary. I mean, they've they've been our kryptonite this entire year, right? It, and that was the whole thing is that we can't win in Boston. Right. Uh, we we struggle there, and and when we lost game one, we lost home ice, and people were like, "Well, fuck! If even if we win game two, like it's going to be real hard to even take a game from them in Boston, and all of a sudden you come home down three one. Right. Plus, it's fucking Boston, man. They got like, that dark magic, man. They've got the dark magic. They've got two two teams simultaneously. In the semifinals for the, for for their ver- for their respective conferences, the Celtics and the Bruins, they've got the oh the, the Red best Sox. the best team in baseball right now. And oh by the way, the fucking Patriots. Yeah, like <laughs> fuck, the, it's just it's Boston, dude. It's like they like they scare you no matter what, but just in name alone they scare you. So it's like when Tom Jones comes out with that article, I you know say what you will about him. Oh, he doesn't know hockey. He's this. He's that. I kind of like that there's a guy in town that's not going to bullshit you about about your fucking team. Well, okay? He's going to bullshit the other way. Uh, he, but he said a lot of shit, negative shit that wasn't true. He's going to tell you what he thinks. He tells you what he thinks, and he's to he's get not, you to click. He's not. All, you're right. No, that's, you're right. That's the whole. And that's look. That's every guy. Every guy that works for a publication. But I don't want. That's every, the point. I don't want every writer blowing smoke up my ass I, I, the entire I get time. It. There should be a different voice in the room, but I just think he's a dickhead about it he can be but there's just, he just it's like he's just speaking from like a hunch which you not, can't do you have to back it up they don't have to they don't have to root for our teams i don't want them to root for the team i don't want any of our journalists to root for them i want them to be honest but he's just negative all the fucking time and he that's w- his mo well no I, that, he, <laughs> you say that but after game one he was like okay guys calm down the game wasn't as bad as you think it was the lightning actually played a good game so he's not always negative it's just that he, he's always kind of perceived that way. I don't know. I like him, and I do, and I I like him because I hate him a, a lot of the times. Like I, I I agree with you, but I don't know. I, I'm I, I kind of like to, I always like to play the middle in everything, whether it's politics or sports or anything. I always I always like to try to see things from the other side, and I want somebody to give me the real. Like, tell me the real. Why do you think my team's gonna lose? Tell me why. And because I want to know, and I want to know, like, what's like, what's the, what are the risks here? Um, so I, I, I liked that article from him. You know, you don't have to like him, or you don't have to, but I, I like that that he kind of like gave us a, like a sobering look of like, okay, guys, I think this this series could be it if, we, if you if you keep fucking around. And certainly after game one, you thought, well, shit, <laughs> this, is, this is not looking good. <laughs> but if there's one thing this team has always consistently done as a group, uh, and I think the culture that has been built within the organization is that they bounce back most of the time. Yeah. And, and so I had confidence going into game two that they weren't going to let this go to Boston down 2-0, and they didn't. I, I I did as well. I thought, okay, you lose game one, and the way we lost game one, and and we play, we still played well, but you knew that ah, we're not going to let this happen. You can't go down two zero at home, like yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, no, it would be unheard of. And they didn't. No, but I I still think that that 
There was a lot of things in that. So that first game, I mean, that that Marshawn line is just everything. It's just as advertised. I mean, they seem to score at will. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. Like how uh, how a top line can be that good. And maybe I'm just saying this because our top line looks like shit this entire series. But like, like, why can't it's, we be that? It's just a good mix. It they they fit well together. It, one and look, the triplets were like that for a playoff. Remember, you know, they that whole entire cup run to the cup, they were unstoppable and, until Johnson got hurt. You know that they couldn't like literally nobody could stop them. Like they were scoring at will. Right. Uh, and then they fizzled out when Johnson got hurt, and then they they put Cooper tried to put them back together the next year, and it just didn't work. Lines get hot. Now, this top line has been good all year, and the triplets were good all year, too. But they don't, it doesn't stick forever. Like, in, in the same token, our top line right now is cold. They're getting chances, they're creating pressure, but they're not finishing. Right. And uh, while that stinks, that's the reason you have depth. Depth. Because the, the second and third line have been playing out of their fucking mind. And and that's really picked up the first line. And look, even if the first line is slumping, that doesn't mean Boston can stop trying to defend them. Like you you're not gonna you're not gonna be like, hey, it's ah, they're cold. It's you know, it's whatever, it's just the Kita Kucherov, it's Steven Samkos. We don't have to worry about them. When at any point they could break out of it and go off on you. Like you, you almost feel like they want to put that Marshawn line out against the, the Stamkos Kucherov line because it's like like every other line, they're like okay, you're not gonna put them against the Callahan line. That's the fucking you're gonna like. That's they've the, been like, putting them against the point line. They have been putting them against the point line, and that's they've been, been the, drawing that matchup. It has not been, been working for them. So no. <laughs> because it doesn't matter who the fuck you put on that Johnson plot line. It's it's like it, it, it. That's why you have to be able to skate in this stage, Sancho. You have to be able to skate four effective lines. Right, we're getting. To, I think we might be getting ahead of ourselves. Not really. I mean, it's been the story of the series has been the matchups, and right. you have to be able to skate four lines that are effective. Because if you only have one line, then they're just going to play the matchup game. Right, and I think that's what the last two games have. Why the last two games have gone in our, to our advantage? Because okay, they can put out their one elite line, but we can put out another line that can, fucking, that, that can match that line in terms of scoring and defense. And that's what I've been saying about the Bruins' bottom six is I don't think their, their bottom six is very good. Right. There's not a lot of punch there. In fact, they've been t- I, I heard today they're talking about calling up um, some, some kid that, that uh, is he's more of a goal scorer, but they're talking about, okay, we need to get a little bit more offense to keep the puck out of, the, out of right, Tampa because, Bay's hands. All right, so... Pretty much the story of the last two games has been when Marchand and his liner or Bergeron and his liner are on the ice, then the, it tilts a little bit because they're so good right. that they can control for a little bit, but they can't stay on forever. They have to come off at some point. And if you put points line out there, they're our best defensive line. They're going to limit you at least a bit. Right. And you just get them off the ice and you cycle them out, and then we get the puck. And for three of their lines they're 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 at a disadvantage so three-fourths of the time on the ice the bruins are at a disadvantage i would argue in terms of a matchups so as long as you're not letting that first line kill you then you have a chance to win every game i think it'll because be- we can keep skating they can't their bottom six can't keep up with our bottom six right and you gotta uh, what's who's the coach's name uh um for who for boston oh uh bruce cassidy I think. Yeah, yeah you gotta wonder who like 
this game coming up, I mean, you know, this is this is like a must win for Boston. They're gonna they're, obviously they're gonna come out and be the more desperate team, and that's kind of in the playoffs that makes like a huge difference. Like the more desperate team is usually points at it today. You said we're expecting a barrage in this next game, and we just have to match it. Yeah, because they're the the last thing you want to do if you're Boston is lose two games at home and go down three one and with Tampa and go back, go to, back Tampa. to Tampa with them giving them a chance to close you out at home. Yeah. The, th- yeah. the thing is, is, is you got to wonder. So, so what? What is he going to do? What is Cassie going to do to like offset? The, like, who, because he gets the last change being at home. So, what is he? What is he going to do with that? With that Marshawn line, and who is he going to match him up against? So, as far as we go, I mean, does he want it? Maybe he wants him to be out there against. He them. already started to tweak some matchups last game. He put Chara out there against Kucherov and and Stamkos in that line a lot more than he was in the first two games. And it kind of backfired because then the point line had a big game. Right. You know, it. so if he's going to start, they, the way they put it is he started to panic a little bit. You could see it in the usage trends mm-hmm. of players that he was using against certain matchups and stuff like that. Well, it was, fucked him over in, the, in the, this last game. Yeah, exactly. He started to panic Pilat a little bit. Games, yeah, exactly. Two goals earlier. Because oh, shit, the no. Bruins weren't generating much because we've really, like, their shot totals, like, the Bruins are one of the best teams in the NHL at suppressing shots. Right. Meaning they don't like, they don't, you'll get a lot of shot attempts, but they won't get to the net. They'll get blocked. They'll get, you know, stopped. The, you know, both with a stick or whatever, we've we've completely turned that trend around in this series, and we've been generating a lot of shots getting to the net on them. And I just, like I said, I don't think, and that's not to say that Boston can't beat us; they certainly can. Right. But I don't think they have the depth to keep up. I think you're you're right, and I think I think with as many shots that we've been putting, and their defensive like core isn't that good either. No, 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 but. Dude, speaking of defense, how about fucking Ryan McDonough and Victor Hedman in that last game? Man, five, a, five, five, four minutes and five minute shifts. Yeah, respect because they got stuck in the zone. Shit, yeah, which wasn't good, but but they held on. <laughs> I mean, their Cavs must have been on fucking fire when they got off. But that was insane. I mean, to keep so, so I mean that that the, the way we started that second period gives me hope because it's like we held off that Boston. That, 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 you knew it was coming. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And, and and we were able to hold that off and like props to fucking McDonough and Hedman, holy shit! But the the team as a whole, man, I gotta say we we've talked a lot of shit on this podcast about, about Steve Eisman and sort of the questionable moves that he's made. Obviously, we give him love. I mean, it's it's very no, easy I, to give I, we've him given love. him more love than hate, right? But but, but, I, but I think it's share. always fair to to call out things that aren't. And look, no, I've said it a million times. There's no GM in the world that has a perfect track record, right? But we talked a lot of shit about like Ryan Callahan, and we talked yeah. a lot of shit about Alex Kalorn. But but look at him in these playoffs, and like Ryan Callahan has been fucking outstanding, especially that five on three that he helped to to to, to uh, kill, to off. kill yeah. off at that in that second home game. Yeah, holy shit! And and um, he's he's definitely filtered into a different role, and he's accepted. He was a top line player when we first signed him. He was playing with Stamkos and Kalorn during yeah. that first Cup run. Uh, you know, but he's his career, you know, due to injuries and due to regression and all that, he's kind of had to change his role. And I'm glad that he's willing to do so because if otherwise, if he was in any other role, if he was in a scoring role, he'd be an anchor on any line he was right. on. But he's adapted to being a penalty killer, being a leader in the locker room, and being being okay not playing as much as he used to, and that's fine. And I, I appreciate that because he's 
he's being a team guy and he's doing what it takes to win. Uh, so yeah, those that signing looks good in terms of what we need right now. I still don't love it because it's still five point eight that could be going towards a new Nikita Kucherov contract or something like that. Right. But but if if we win a cup, I don't really give a fuck. Like, you can overpay whoever you want. If we win a cup, I don't give a shit. I, I'm like, just, all I'm saying is like, if Alex Kalorn has a giant like a huge playoff series, like I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna sit there and be like ah, I still fucking hate him. Like this, no, this is what I'm like I I see the Iser plan because you have you have a bunch of vets like. Chris Kunitz and Chris Kunitz and JT Miller and and Ryan Callahan. Well, J- Miller's not really a vet. He's, well, he's kind of young. But he's well. Well, JT McDonough is a vet. JT when he played for Washington, JT Miller was like, like the kind of New guy, York. You mean? No, he played for when he back when he played. He played for Washington before New York, and, and when he played for Washington, he was like the 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 like the closer. He kind of like closed out the game. That was kind of his thing. And then he went. He went to New York. But what I'm trying to say is, like, there, there's guys with like a ton of playoff experience and 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 on this team. I mean, right? fucking McDonough, man. Like McDonough's underrated in terms of he's brought both leadership and play, good play to the team. Man, there's no question in my mind that that ac- that that acquisition has made all the difference. That trade for yeah. Miller and McDonough has made all the fucking difference because without them, you know, it'd be Hedman Strawman. Care, trying to carry the team through the playoffs again, but now Hedman's kind of got someone to lean on. McDonough and McDonough's no slouch on the offensive side either. Like that guy can, he's good in the offensive zone. He really is. He can run a power play if need be too. Like it, it's a hell of an acquisition. He's in his prime too. I think I just and he's he's been there before. We have we have this perfect mix of of young and old where you have like. You have the brain points, and you and you and you have the the uh, the Yanni Gords of the world. Miller never played for the Capitals. Did he? He didn't. No, he's always, he's always at the Rangers. Then who? What am I thinking of? Then you're thinking of Kunitz. He was with the Penguins. He was a closer. Miller's okay. only 25. He's right. He's right in like the middle of his. I thought we got we got somebody from from that trade though that they call they kind of. You're probably thinking of McDonough. McDonough played for Montreal and then New York. Hmm. No, we didn't get anybody from Washington. Okay. Perhaps I was mistaken then. Woo. Oh, shit. I was thinking of... I'm thinking of somebody who... Maybe I looked at the wrong guy initially. Because they, they were calling... Like, they, they had called him, like, a... Uh, they had, like, a nickname for him. Like it was like something like. Uh, anyways, anyways, we don't we don't have to draw yeah. dwell on this, but yeah, that was a mistake. But anyways, what the the point I'm trying to make is like it's kind of like a a perfect mix of young and old, where you have these players who are you who are uh, experienced in the playoffs. You have these young guys who maybe have never been there before, but you can certainly uh, have these older guys that that are able to like tell them like how it goes how to get them up like how to get ready and like and and and, and be uh, aggressive in the, in these games i mean look at sorelli last night sorelli right. played out of his fucking yeah, mind exactly. last night that dude's only been up here for 26 games and he looks like he's gonna be yeah. like, a huge part of our future because like holy shit this guy looks like uh, it's fucking great he's like I, I put it on twitter last night like sorelli is john cooper's creative player he's good in all three phases like he can kill penalties, but he can also score. Like he's just—he's well-rounded. He's a well-rounded player, and you need those guys. Right. 
So I I, th- I think that um, I don't know. Hats off again, to Steve, Steve Eiserman for for putting together the kind of team that he has to this Speaking point. Speaking of Steve Eiserman, there was we actually you had a conversation the other night about Eiserman's contract and that it seems there's talk that he might you know they that there was a I think it was a Leafs fan saying they they should poach him or something like that because Lamorell retiring or whatever. But uh, this was in Joe Smith's article. Uh, this is about Steve Eiserman and Vinick in their relationship. Uh, Vinick also gave him an ownership stake in the team. It's believed Eiserman has a stake too, though Vinick wouldn't confirm. Both Steve and Todd were not employees. Vinick said they were partners. Eiserman saw similarities in Vinick to late Red Wings owner Mike Illich. Their passion for the game, their willingness to give whatever needed resources to win. Tampa Bay spends to the cap every season, and when Iserman needed to take on a backup goalie in Louis Domingue's $1 million AHL salary in November, Vinick signed off. Vinick said he and Iserman have had informal discussions about being here beyond his current contract extension, which is up after next season. I expect him to be here for a long time, Vinick said. So it sounds like to me that whenever Eiserman has come to Vinick saying, listen, I, we need to take on this $1 million of Deming's salary because we need a better backup or I need this for scouting or, or whatever, Vinick's always been like, yeah, sure, and just signed off on it. And that, to me, sh- I, I think that's shown Eiserman that, look, Vinick's not just like the big flashy owner. Like He actually is committed to winning and like doing this the right way. And that gives me confidence that Iserman does is not going to see a reason to leave, because I don't I don't think that Iserman feels like even though that we might not be the traditional hockey market power, that we have all the resources, and all the makings of one. Like spending to the cap is a big deal. Like not every team does that. Like even a team like the Ottawa Senators, they don't spend to the cap. They spend to their internal salary cap, meaning mm-hmm. they set a cap and they say we can only spend to this, even though that's not what the league is put forth. But the Lightning are always consistently like right there around the cap, and Vinick has always, you know, been willing to buy out a player, or take on a contract, or whatever. The the stakes may be he wants to win. So, if Eiserman were to leave, there's only one team that he would leave for. In my opinion, would be it'd the be Red Wings. It'd be Detroit, yeah. Yeah, and that would be because one, that's the organization that groomed him, and two, listen. He played for them for many years. He was in their front office already. There's and he's, a fucking street named after yeah, him in Detroit. I mean, like it's, yeah, it's it's different when you're an executive. Right. You know, when you're a player, like with Stamkos, yeah, they might have a connection to home, but they also might also feel at home wherever they're at because that organization gave them a shot. They groomed them. Right. They developed them. The fans love them, whatever. But the, but there's also like a second career as an executive. Like someone's got to give you a shot as an executive, and someone's going to give you a shot as a GM. Right. So kind of your career kind of starts. And all- the Red Wings didn't want to do that. Right. Well, they did, but Ken Holland wouldn't step aside. Right. Who, by the way, just got an extension. So there you go, Steve. So so, the, so Eiserman said, Eiserman. "Well, fuck, you know, whatever. I want to be a GM. I think I'm ready." And Vinick was like, "Yeah, sure." And giving him a stake in the team is also a big deal. I I heard a story about Jeff Vinick this this week, um, and it's it's um, basically the story about Jeff Finnick goes if you if you get invited to Jeff Finnick's suite at Emily Arena, uh, you may not talk to him while p- the puck is in play. You can you can have conversations with your friends, you can have conversations with everybody, but if you're gonna it, but you you may not talk to Jeffrey Vinnick 
while uh, the puck is in play. And I guess there's some kind of a joke going around that, that um, Bob Buckhorn, the mayor of Tampa, was invited to his suite once and has never been invited back. Because so, he kept talking to kept him. Talking <laughs> <Vic>. <laughs> so, yo, fuck with Vic, man. <laughs> but that 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 just speaks to like the the level of commitment to his team. I'm like, I don't think I don't think Joel and Brian Glazer are there every fucking week watching the team or you know that kind of stuff. And or certainly Stu look, Sternberg isn't fucking there. Look, leave no doubt that Jeff Finnick is in this for two reasons. Number one being money. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. he's a businessman. Yeah. yeah. They want to turn money. a profit. He wants to build an empire, blah, 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 blah. And he's, deli- and he's done that, he's and done- they're going to continue doing that. But there's also the side of Vinick that really wants to fucking win. And he knows that winning is also the key to making money, too. But it's obvious, and it's been obvious, that Vinick has a commitment to winning. And... And you can see that by when Iserman came over here. I don't know if you knew this, but when Iserman came over here, he brought a lot of the the legendary scouting staff that the Red Wings had. I did not know that. No. Yeah, he, a lot of those guys came with him. Mm. And do you think those guys came for free? No. No. Fuck no. But Vinick was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like th- all those guys that scouted Datsuk and Zetterberg and Lidstrom and all those guys, all those great Red Wings players over the years, those guys came with Iserman. A lot, not all of them, but some of them. Hey, come to Tampa, man. We got strip clubs and beaches. What's right, more, exactly. more to one? Go to Hooters, man. Yeah, go to Hooters, man. <laughs> I, I, oh shit, I had a good. But I mean, you're you're right. It's and and the other thing too is like okay, like I've heard a lot of people question Vinick's commitment to the area because like he owns a minority stake in the Red Sox, but according to Joe Smith this week, he sold that that minority stake off. So, by the Rays. Yeah, <laughs> there's only one way that's gonna happen. Is is and it, like okay, go look up how much Stu Sternberg paid for the Razor. Like I know Stu Sternberg is actually a part of an ownership group, so it's not just Stu. Stu Sternberg is the principal owner, but there's also other players in play that own the Rays. But Stu Sternberg is the principal, so go and look up how much that group paid for the Rays. Whatever they paid, you're gonna have to at least double it before before Stu is gonna sell the team. It's it's a pipe dream. Yeah. It's, it's a stupid pipe dream. We know, but. It'd be funny. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so the next game is is in Boston tomorrow night, uh, uh, or tonight, or Friday tomorrow night, night. Friday night, right? tomorrow night. It's every other day in the playoffs. So Friday, right? Yeah. So it'll be ten- t- if you're listening to this on Friday, it'll be tonight, seven o'clock. At seven o'clock, and in the garden. Here's my assessment. I think. I'm sorry. I think the Lightning lose that game. I do think. I think. I think Boston's going to be the desperate team, and they're going to come out to to to. Um, There's never been any doubt in my mind that this series is going all the way. Yeah. I think Boston wins this next game. I really do. Um, If if the Lightning were in hypothetical land to beat them tomorrow and then beat them again and close them out in five, I'd be absolutely stunned. I'd be over the fucking moon, but I don't think that happens. No. Uh, we've play, we certainly we're playing with house money already. Well, we, exactly, I and mean, we've played that way, right? Yeah. We, we've certainly played that way. So, I mean, it, it wouldn't be a shock to me because because of how we've played in the first three games, uh, even even game one as well. But I I still think Boston is the, the more desperate team. You can't lose to at home. Uh, and you can't know come that. back to Tampa down three. And you can't go. Yeah, you can't come because down. if that happens, you're fucked. They're gonna close you out, in my opinion. Yeah, especially yeah after that yeah. I think so. And even if you do, even if you have to go back to the TD Gardens, I still think they're like, all right, we'll just fucking beat you twice here. I, you know, I don't know. 
Look, I I was glad that it happened in three because that means okay. Look, we can br- not. I, I don't want to say breathe, but yeah, they can breathe a little. We've got home ice because you've got back. home ice back. If we lose the worst case scenario, we come back to Tampa with the series tied and a chance to take a three two lead and then close you out in six. Like the, the Lightning have already done what they needed to do in Boston, which right. was win at least win one it, and get home ice back. If you can win two, by all means, please do. But I just, like I said, I agree with you. I just don't see it because I think Boston's going to come out. They're going to be desperate. They're going to get. They might get the better of us, and it might be close. But I don't know. I mean, I just don't. I feel like at this point, you've already done what you needed to do. I just hope they don't feel that way. Do you, <laughs> Do you uh, Do you want to talk about officiating at all? I mean, it. I want to make a general comment that once again it's been shit throughout the playoffs. I think yeah, across the board. Across the board. Yeah. I don't. It's not just our series. Uh, Boston. It's Boston a hard thing because the because if you think about it, try think about what an NHL ref has to go through right during the course of a game. You have to be constantly your head on a swivel because these <laughs> these humongous beasts of fucking athletes are skating up down up and down the ice on razor blades and you're just trying to get out of the way and there's a little rubber puck that if it hits you right in the head could kill you that's flying around and while you're doing that you have to also try to look for infractions right that's hard man yeah it's not like the it's not like the nfl they're gonna miss things like it's gonna happen (laughs) and they're gonna call things that are that are i don't know I, i but when david backus skates up from the fucking blue line and boards dan girardi the whole he's and he's looking to do it the entire way, and then for whatever reason, when Paquette goes to fight him, he gets a misconduct, and Backus gets a five-minute major. No, it should be the other fucking way around. That's bullshit. And we and we nobody we didn't get a power play on that. He boarded the fuck out of him, man, right, from but, the blue line. Okay, but the, but okay, but I like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any excuses for that. But that that entire sequence is is what twenty seconds, right? That's, it hap- it all happens so fast all of this shit happens so fast i like i understand uh, to a certain extent that it, like why it is the way that it is because uh especially when it comes to like some of the fines and like the 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 majors the and minors reco- yeah yeah because it's like okay three games in the playoffs man. i don't like did the guy did the guy necessarily mean to put a shoulder into it or leave his skates? I don't know that he did or not. But you can't. It's, you you got to go off what happened. Right. It's hard to tell. But yeah, you're right. Like the hit on Dan Girardi. Like it was like it was clear that from the fucking like from the blue line, he knew this. Like he could see Girardi's back to the play the entire time. He's like, all right, well, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, I don't know. It wasn't like he was skating with Girardi and all of a sudden Girardi turned and he was already laying a check into him or something like that. Like he literally like looked at him and went, I'm going to fucking board the shit out of that guy because I'm trying to hurt him, which is what he was trying to do because Girardi for all the shit I've given him, has been pretty decent in these fucking playoffs, and yeah. it would hurt to lose him. He's trying to hurt him. But He's a grinder on the fucking fourth line. He's trying to hurt him. Same thing with March. Uh, yeah, uh, and Marchand's uh, biting officials and not getting anything for that. He didn't have a. Fu- he had one minor penalty until last this last game. The entire playoffs. Brad Marchand, yeah, one of the dirtiest players in the league, has one minor penalty in a whole seven game series. And How about then three more 
about the way he like How? firemen's carry Yanni Gord over the fucking uh, like in the in the neutral zone right yeah like, or oh, Kalorn's on his knees yeah. and then he like fucking shoves him in the back and yeah like that's what he does he's a pest well, I do love in the first game that Johnson started going at him first and trying to and that that I like because that's like no we're gonna make the first move. That, dude, that's like, the one thing I would say that like everybody thinks that the Lightning can't play a physical game, but they the, totally they can totally when they need to. Can. And like, they have been. I feel like they shock teams. They're like, oh shit! We're no, like, you can see yeah, it, motherfucker. You like, can see it in the Bruins' faces when they got hit. Like yeah. they were like, whoa! Like because the Lightning have had a reputation this year being a little soft, which that's that's well, going to come when when you don't have a. They really the Lightning really don't have like a true goon on the team. No, like they don't have like a Gudis or like a Matt Cook or a Martin. They have pests. They have Seti. He's a pest, but yeah. he's not like dirty. He's just a pest. You know, he's dirty in a way like he's going to fucking shit talk you and fight you or whatever. But he's not going to like spear you in the nuts or anything like that. Right. Like, but then you have Rad Cook Gudis hurting his own guys in practice. Fucking love that. He stuck his knee out. I do miss Radko good as a, a I don't. A that point. dude's that dude's that he he's one of those dudes that'll lose you a game because he decides to get a five minute major. Like, <laughs> I remember that yes. you motherfucker. Oh god. I I mean he fucking need to need his own guy in practice. So yeah. I don't know. Do, uh, oh no, there's there's more to talk about actually. There's way more to talk about. What what's that? Ticket policy. Let's talk about the ticket oh, policy. Oh god, no. <laughs> again. Again. It every, happens every time. Every time. Yeah. It's only against teams like Boston and New York. What I don't get is like how people like I had a I had a conversation with like, two dudes on Twitter. Conversation by conversation I mean I you know went back but but like yeah. it was like they were like appalled and disgust I I am disgusted and appalled shit? and I'm like okay I I'm just I'm just like this is your threshold for what is appalling in life and like I even said that and the guys like well you need to step out of this conversation bro I'm like what like okay so like. <laughs> For a fucking school shooting, like, what is your reaction? Is it the same reaction if if you're gonna have the same reaction to a school shooting as you as you will to a fucking dress code? Like, I am appalled at this. Like, and it's only how much of the arena? Like five percent, six percent of the arena. In and fact. it's the club seats where people pay a lot of money to with their season tickets to sit there. It's seat it's seats that are already owned. So the only right. way you get those seats is if you get them resell from t- from StubHub or you know something like that. That's the only way you can get those tickets and they're like, "Well, it's all about the the ribbing, you fucking idiot." Like, you could go and rib in 96% of the rest of the fucking stadium, you dumbass. <laughs> and the other thing is like, I don't who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Okay, this is our house. We'll do whatever the fuck we want. Okay, you can piss and moan and complain about what we do with our fucking tickets all day, but at the end of the day we're going to do it. And at the end of the day we were way higher than you in attendance anyway. What are so, you tra- what are they trying to say? Oh, this is embarrassing. What do you just, want us to do? Cuz if the fucking if they were playing, I don't know, the Rangers, for instance, yeah. in this round and the Rangers I don't. They'd be if they had a policy like that, they wouldn't give a shit because it's the Rangers, their original six, and they're from New right, York. Right, right, right. Because we're in Florida and we're not a traditional hockey market, quote unquote. They have to look for things because our organization is actually probably better than theirs in a lot of fucking ways, and yeah. they get upset. So they're like, oh, oh, there's there's typical Southern hockey bullshit. No, you know how many fucking teams institute policies like that? A lot of them. 
Yeah. A lot of them do. A lot of them do. You and, and I. And you know are- why? Because people pay high fucking dollar for those seats, bro. And they don't want some fucking idiot Boston fan next to him be like, oh, boo, fucking Bradford. No. Because you know why? Because they have the right to do that. It's our fucking barn. Because, because the Tampa Bay Lightning value the home fan experience over the away fans. Okay? Which every team does. They should. They fucking should. They, okay. What, we, you want us to put fucking Bruins shit up somewhere in the arena so you can yeah. sit in the corner? Like, I don't want to, I don't yeah. want a bunch of fucking Bruins fans lining the glass. No, I want Lightning fans there, okay? I, and like, there's going to be Lightning fans there. Exactly. They value that experience. And like, you can, you can poo poo and bullshit me all the fuck you want. I don't care. We, I, and they're not even going to be at the game. Like, 95% of the people that are complaining, they're up in Boston. They're not going to come down to Tampa to watch the game. So it doesn't even affect you in any way at all. You're just looking for something to fucking bitch about. Well, here's the thing. I'm, I'm three years older than this, this than this hockey franchise, right? 87, 88, 25 yeah, years. I'm, I'm, yeah. This year's the 25th year. I'm way, I'm, I'm fucking, yeah. yeah, so then I'm, I'm six years older than this franchise. Uh, most fans that root for him, uh, you know, most of the adult fans that root for this this franchise are older than the fucking franchise. We yeah. don't have generations of fans. I'm sorry, fucking Toronto and Boston, like, like, no, that's that's not what that that's we, that that's just not who we are. We're like I like one thing I heard this week is like Boston fans are down, sitting down in the bowl like, hey, bro, I got this for 130 in Boston. This would be like a thousand. Like, fuck great, off. that's great. great that your team cool. likes to rape you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we, that that's not the case here. Okay, you have you you have you have generations upon generations of fans. We, you are, you are like three people removed from you know from your your team. We literally there are people in the building. Most of the people in the building are older than the fucking franchise itself. So there you go. I would say at least I would say fifty six percent. Give are, it another twenty-five older. years, yeah, and see, and then come back and talk to me. Well, look at the even the the Bucks still struggle with this, and the Bucks at least have a generation of fans yeah. established. I mean, the Bucks have the most rooted fan base amongst the, area, the entire yeah, area, sure. yeah. But um, the it Lightning and the Rays—they—they—they they were born in the nineties, for fuck's sakes! Like we can all remember the nineties, ninety-two. I, where I fucking remember, I can remember what I was doing then, like when the lightning were born. If you melt it down to the very basic fabric of the argument, it's because they fucking don't like it that there's a team in Florida that's successful. No, they don't. They don't. They do not. And they and, and so they're gonna look because the lightning don't give you a lot of targets. They're good on the ice. They're great off the ice. Community loves them. They have good attendance. Their arena is one of the best in the league. Okay. They don't give you a lot of things to really try to shit on. There's not a lot out there. So they just go for a room. The owner is loved. The GM is loved. The coach is loved. The players, there's not really a scapegoat player. Like, there's nothing that you can go out of your way to shit on. Yeah. Who's but you find one little niche of the fucking stadium where there's a rule that it that kind of, yeah, it singles out a fucking whatever, a way fan or whatever. And literally... You take it and write a whole fucking article about it, and then when people comment about it and go, well, no, that's not exactly what it is, or no, you're not really getting to the root of the point, you go, ah, whatever. Like, literally, like, the guy that writes those, that guy that wrote that article wasn't even defending it with facts. He was just bitching. 
Yeah, yeah nobody, nobody can tell me why this is a bad thing. That's the other no. thing. Like, like, why is this a bad thing? Like, well, it's just fucking appalling, and it's not a good policy. Well, good-natured ribbing is is what it is. Like, you you need to have the other. Ninety-six percent of the stadium, you have, you can, you, you can wear whatever, you can fucking put on, uh, you can paint your face yellow and black, okay? Yeah. <laughs> or yellow and gold, whatever the fuck it is, or, gold, or whatever, to black and gold, black and yellow, like. Don't 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 give me that shit. It's just a, a bunch of these stupid ass fans trying to hire road us. They're well, this doesn't happen in Boston. Well, fuck Boston. This is Tampa. This is how we fucking do shit in Tampa. And you go fuck yourself. How about that? How about you go fuck yourself? Okay, you don't do it. That's not the way you do it in Boston. Well, we're not in fucking Boston, asshole. I don't care. Oh, it's an embarrassment. Yeah, it's an embarrassment. Fuck you. They're disgusting. It's just. People that are like the, the the fucking adjectives that are being used for this, where they where they're like appalling. Okay, all right, okay, fucking you know, let's let's go bomb Syria and 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 and, and, and fucking murder a wedding party. And okay, that's appalling. But then also this ticket po- policy is appalling. Like, what? Where's your fucking threshold for outrage here, asshole? It's fake outrage. It is fake outrage. They're not really upset. They just want to fucking bitch. <sighs> okay. What's up? What else? Do, can we move on? Is it, is it time to move on from the, guess, the, the yeah. lightning? Yeah, we've talked about the You want to talk bit. about the bird? <laughs> Let's talk about the fucking bird. I want to talk about the bird. Does anybody else want to talk about the bird? <laughs> fucking bird. Bird got fired today. Jason Light fired the bird. There's no more bird. The you know bird what? that didn't do what everybody what they all said he was gonna do. What blows my mind is how people thought that the bird was gonna announce the pick. Like you fucking. They can't train him to say yeah. his name within like five minutes. Like, like did you really think that's what, what was gonna like? How I still was stupid pissed, though. are you? I was hoping the bird was gonna say something. I didn't get to see it. Like I, I, I just saw. He the, just sat on the lady's shoulder. Yeah, that's what I expected yeah. basically. Well, what I expected is like the bird to kind of like fly in and with like the, perch. With the fourth pick and. Yeah, <laughs> like no, it's, it's no stupid. That's not that was never the plan. Like if you read, like you don't have to read. You don't even have to read that far. It was like the initial tweet was like the bird will deliver the pick. Yeah, the, with with the seventh pick, and but everybody automatically assumed yeah. okay, parrot, he's gonna announce the pick. Clearly, <laughs> fucking how stupid. What if he announced it like with the first pick with <laughs> with the twelfth? <laughs> With the twelfth pick in the first round, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Vita Vey, Washington. That would, be, that would have to be a, like a really smart parrot, though. You'd have, you'd have to you'd have like a minute and a half to train the bird. Yeah. Okay. Same way. Yeah. I can't believe people ever thought that that would be a thing. <laughs> like as soon as like you'd you'd have to get it early, so like the Bucks would have to like send you a text like, "Hey, we're picking so and so." You'd have to turn to the fucking parrot and be like, "All right, Polly." Here's a cracker. You need you to say this name and then the Bucks select and you know, fucking whatever the fourth round pick's name was. And then you have to make sure that he'll do it on live TV. Yeah. And so he won't fuck it up. So the parrot then will be like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or starts giving up phone numbers or something. Yeah. Like, Bush, but 911. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Alex Jones is right. Oh, we're going, we're going, we're going. Yeah. <laughs> Someone kill that fucking bird. <laughs> Snipe it. No, actually, I. To be honest, I. That happened on Saturday, so that happened like right before the Bolts game. Nobody, nobody at Tampa. Nobody was gave watching. a fuck. Nobody cared. That, that's why I was like so hilarious. Like it was so funny again 
to hear people say like this is an embarrassment to the like okay guy you, it's you, a bird your threshold for what we have a pirate ship in our stadium <laughs> yeah for, for we're not really that serious about the full fucking pirate thing bro like <laughs> but what do you want like an actual somalian pirate to come and deliver the pick like what do you, what do you want oh that would be cool I'd be down for that. Look at me. I have the pick now. <laughs> we pick. We pick uh, a Chub. We're the fucking pirates, bro. Bro, we're the Buccaneers. Chub's been off the board for like three rounds. Chub, you give me Chub now. <laughs> like, I, like, there's nothing serious about this franchise. Like, we literally have a muscular pirate. There's nothing serious about any of it. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a sport. Game. It's a game. <laughs> Why people can't, like, back off from that? It's it's, it's insane. But anyways, hey, we I drafted mean, I a guess, bunch. I guess Zeus will deliver the Lightning's draft pick this year. Like, I don't know. The uh, the Buccaneers drafted a bunch of dudes. We we Nick and I talked about Vita Vey. In fact, we reacted to it live on the I show. I think that, I Do you think that was... What do you think about that pick? It's good. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. That was great. With the, the defensive line needs all the help they can fucking get. It right? does, and uh, there, there, there's like a story in the. Now all of a sudden we have one of the best defensive lines in the league on I'm paper. On let's paper. let's say on like again. Let me read. No, it. I'm not. I'm not like saying that. Like I'm just reiterating things I've seen already. Like right. I yeah. think, I think that uh, when you look at it on paper, you, you one would assume that our defensive line will be miles ahead of where it was last year. However. Do I think that it translates into actual wins? No, not yet. So that, that's all I'm saying. Um, so we took a running back and then a bunch of DBs and a white receiver from Penn. Yeah, which is very interesting. There was the, that there was that running back from LSU on the board. Darius Geis. Darius Geis that everybody uh, was calling for. Yeah. Apparently, he had some like real like not like petty off the field issues like real like bad shit off the field that he was connected with or something. Yeah, he got, like, no, he got into a shouting match with the Eagles. He, like, also, like, I heard, like, he, he said he was going to kneel for the National Anthem. That was one of the things I heard, too. I heard that, like, he on one of his visits, like, he said, like, he's, he didn't just, like, act grateful. Some some things that you probably shouldn't do to teams that are interested in drafting you, basically. Like, right. you really shouldn't be a dick to these teams that are prob- that are going to be willing to pay you millions of dollars if they draft you. Like, you probably should at least be like at least cordial. You don't have to be like ass kissing, but. So I thought I thought for sure we we're gonna get Geis when he fell to us, but it didn't happen. He we took got Ronald Jones. We got Rojo Rojo the third or Rojo two Rojo two. Apparently he's like known as like a home run hitter or something like that. That's, That's what, what it is. Reading. Yeah, yeah. He's which is fine. He's he's, he's a, a guy good that, compliment to Peyton Barber, I guess. I hear he's got good speed. He's got good vision. The, his knocks are that he 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 lacks uh, pass 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 blocking, and <laughs> he um, he's not so great. Like I I see him not. He he's he's sort of the like a um in like short yard situations he's not one to hit the hole he's just going to shake and shimmy and try to make something out of it so i see those being as big as his big but and also Bar- we have Peyton Barber for those situations so that's why i think like on third down you're going to see Peyton Barber or Charles Sims come in and, and um, oh yeah we still have Charles <laughs> yeah we actually we re-signed him shortly before the draft um, okay, I'm, I'm not sure I understand that one. But I know. See. Well, with our other two picks in the second round, we got uh, MJ Stewart and Carlton Davis, both corners. I think I think Stewart can like kind of rotate between safety and corner. Both of them have. So I, it's my understanding. So 
Stewart is kind of like the the safety slash uh, DB, and then Davis is kind of the guy that has like okay, he's got great height and great size, but he doesn't necessarily have the speed. So it's, they're kind of like two. Question we drafted mark. a lot of DBs, which is good. I yeah, mean, we need. Oh, we drafted all linemen too, didn't we? We did. That, Some so, guy said he's like the nastiest tape he's ever seen. Or right, whatever, Alex, yeah. Alex Kappa from Humboldt State. So again, I thought it was the same school as Alec Marple. I know that's what I thought too. <laughs> so another another guy from Bubblefuck University, like coming out. So like they're they're kind of like rolling Jason the dice. Light really likes those like small school picks. He does. He really does. But, I mean, it works. It's worked out with Marpet. So uh, they drafted Jordan Whitehead. He's a safety. Uh, Justin Watson in the in the Receiver fifth round. From Penn, I think, or something. Yeah, who was who was Penn's? They he was Penn's. Uh, uh, number one receiver. Well, I would assume so because you're not going to draft Penn's like number three receiver. So exactly. So he did really well. He, uh, good. I mean, um, the Ivy League is different, but yeah. That's right. Where so Fitzpatrick, he, Fitzpatrick is from. So he probably throw a Fitzpatrick Harvard to Penn connection. Oh hey, there you go. Then get Cameron Braid in there, and then have the the all the all Ivy League team. All Ivy League team. Um, and then you have Jack. I don't know his name. Kichi, Kichi, the guy who's going to be cut. No, actually, I don't think so. I mean, he was he he played for uh, Wisconsin, and he was injured in his last year. But apparently, he was having very 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 promising seasons before that. So it's, maybe he fell because only because injuries. That's what it was, it was like. It's kind of like a risk reward type of thing. Who knows? I mean, remember Danny Vitale? Remember his next Mike Allstott? Yeah, yeah. Got cut like three weeks of the yeah. training camp. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. Likely to be cut. Who knows? Who knows? It could be the next. He'll he he'll either be the next fucking John Lynch character. I don't know. Who knows? He's white, so why I gotta compare him to John Lynch. Or Mike to, Allstott. If he's, on, if he's on offense, Mike Allstott. If he's on defense, John Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If he's fat and black, Warren Sapp. Yeah, if if, he, if he's if athletic he's like and black, size build, Derek Brooks. Derek Brooks. If he's, if, he, if he's a small corner, if he plays Cody's Ronde. If, he yeah. yeah. if he's white and he plays defense, John Lynch. Yeah. Regardless of position. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, that's it for the Bucks. That is it for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now with a long wait till interesting things happen. What's that? See, oh yeah, the oh, actual yeah. football <laughs> rookie minicamps. Now we're kind of in the lull. Let's see if Jameis gets suspended. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's forgetting about that. Everybody that's is. not gone yet. Nope. <laughs> Never hasn't been resolved. <laughs> Save. Temper your expectations because the Bucks might ha- have a quarterback for the first six to four weeks. Tampa Bay Rays. I, Am I going to have to carry this? I'm gonna carry no, it. I've been watching. I'm just flabbergasted that they're actually like decent. Yeah, they took a series in Boston. Like what? Funny how when the 75 average hitter gets taken out of the lineup that all of a sudden we start hitting a little better. Yeah, and that, it's it's kind of like worrisome. Like should when probably the, should probably trade that guy while he has some value. I would, <laughs> dude. I you should probably. Pro, pro, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I'm sure the fan base will revolt, but you should probably. They're already revolting. You should we, probably trade him. We can't say this, but it's like I I kind of don't want to insert him back into the lineup at this point. I'm glad glad he's out for a while. Everything's working good. No, take your time. It's, it's re- okay. Please stay over there. With I, your protein um, water. I read a story today about uh, Carlos Gomez and how he's sort of fallen into that leadership position because he's like a 33-year-old. Uh, um, no, I mean, we have plenty of those guys. <laughs> right, but he's a, he, like, uh, well, Denard Span seems a little bit less outspoken. Laid back, yeah, yeah, laid back. Than, so Carlos Gomez is kind of He looks like he's having fun. 
I think everybody in this past home, especially in this past road trip, has has looking like are Joey Wendell's like been fun. hitting. Like I don't even know who the fuck that guy is. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know Joey Wendell could be like the next <laughs> fucking Evan Longoria. Well, apparently, suddenly. he cannot hit lefties at all. Like that's his, always been his like thing. Like right. that's why he hasn't really stuck anywhere. Is that like it's like great, you're fucking amazing against righties. The second a lefty gets out there, we can't use you for anything anymore, ever. Well, like Dan- well Daniel Robinson, too, is like also... Yeah, like, that's looked great. Blake yeah. Snell. Okay, so that's, that's the real thing. Blake Snell, I think, is like the, the shining star of the season because not only has he had two great starts, but this this past start where it was a loss, we he didn't take an L, but he... he no decision. It was a no decision, but he, it, it was one of those starts where, and I was watching. Faria him, like, had a really good start too. He went. He almost let's, went a complete game. Let's, let's not forget. But that. I'm just talking about Snell. Like yeah, Snell, I'm just pointing it out. He um, he didn't have everything going for him. That uh, it was a gutsy. It was two nights ago, I guess. What was it? It was it last like, night. It felt like one of those like vintage James Shields right. starts where he just gets you innings. He got it through it. He yeah. he gave up a home run. I thought Cash pulled him a little too early, but. Uh, and I think Cash even said that after the game, like he thought he pulled him a little too early. Um, and I think Snell's, dude. I think Snell's. A, 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 I think he's our ace. Right Staffers, remember Staffers, especially Chris Archer seems to fucking Chris Archer. <sighs> well, okay. Well, well, and this is completely hypothetical. But what would your reaction be tomorrow if the Rays announced a trade with Chris Archer and Kevin Kiermaier being packaged together? I, I would I would very much hope that we're getting starting pitching back because our fucking starting <laughs> pitching depth is not good. And, uh, so I don't think we're in, we're not in any position to to ship off any starting pitching at this point, especially with fucking uh, uh, what's his face going down uh, Yarbrough. Yeah. Or, was it Yarbrough or um, shit? Hold on, I know this Torinos, right? No, Torinos didn't go down, did he? he they just named him like the number four starter. I think you're right. Uh, one of our Yanni Yanni um, Yanni Gord went down. Yanni to Gord went, Durham. No, shut! shut don't even say that. Don't <laughs> even fucking put that thought. Don't put. Don't you put that evil on me? <laughs> yeah, Yanni Chirinos. Yanni Chirinos. Um, Wait, what happened? Flexor strain. So flexor strain. He had soreness. He had soreness in his right elbow. So oh God. That's that's of course you know everybody knows what that means. But uh, I'm so what? We're down to three pitchers again? No, because they're going to bring up Yarbrough to to be the or no Andrew Kittridge. Kit, Kit, Kittridge is going to start Friday, and then Nathan Evaldi is making a rehab start. So that, that fucking guy. the 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 other the other three Tommy John guy that we have on our on our staff. What about a uh, that Venters guy or whatever that came in? That was a kind of a cool moment. The yeah, had, like Tommy, uh, f- like Tommy John, and then came all the way back. Johnny Ven- Ventura, yeah, Ventura, yeah, that was cool. He got he 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 recorded a clean. Look, name. the Ray, the Rays are probably not going to make the playoffs. Like I'm not I'm not sitting here like saying that this team is actually like this good, but it's a lot of promise, dude. But there's some promise here, and like they're not. I was expecting this year just. Straight up to be fucking miserable the whole year, but they've they've made it a little fun to watch. Like it's not, it's uh we're not hitting for like power like we were or anything like that. But it, we're scoring more runs without hitting for power, really. And like CJ Crone's been kind of a bright spot. Like he's been good. Uh, Span's been good. Like Wendell's been good. Like there's some guys in the lineup that can hit. And I think Cash, who's not usually a good quote, actually said something pretty like interesting, which it's basic, but like. He's like, listen, like for the first two weeks, everybody was hitting like sub 100. 
Right. It's like that's not going to last. Like these guys are not all 100 hitters. Like they're going to get back up to their and that if that means hitting 300 for like four weeks and everybody's doing it at the same time, then yeah, our offensive output's going to be good. It'll eventually even out again. But there are a lot of young guys playing in the majors, and, yeah. and they they've got to they, they've kind of taken their time to settle down and understand like okay, this is okay, this is just like. Down there, I saw something gotta... that I think because the Dodgers lost their starting shortstop, Seager mm-hmm. or whatever, that Hetcher Maria might be a candidate to go once they want to bring Adamas up. That actually, yeah, no, there's a lot. I, even Robertson too. I mean, Robertson and Duffy. I, I, there's there's a lot of guys just waiting to come up when you when you consider the Christian Arroyos and the Willie Dames and the Damas. Willie Dames. Dames. I don't know why I was going to want to call him a Dames. I just when I see his name on paper, it looks like a Dames. A Dames, a Dimes. And then who's the other guy? The um, Oh God! The other position player that's Jake really Bauer. good, Jake Bowers. Yeah, like those are those are our three where we're like <laughs> soon. <laughs> <laughs> and I think neg- I I really think they'll they'll be up by after the All Star break. They will. Think, it's all cost control thing. And, all and then it's like with Will Myers, Will Myers didn't come up till after the All Star break. And you got to think of like okay, the Braves are coming to town next week. The Braves are kind of like a young, a really upstart, super young right upstart now. team, and like there that could be us next year where we, where you know the, we start to win some games with the young kids. So, but it's just I don't know. It's not promising when you have. In two months, three three of your players go down with elbow soreness. Two Tommy. That's Johnson. happening everywhere, though, man. I know. It's you like gotta a, wonder. It's like though. an epidemic on baseball right now. Okay, Nala, you want to come in? Oh my god! Oh my goodness! What do you think of the Rays, Nala? Nala, come here. Come here. What do you, th- Nala? Nathan Eovaldi is coming back. Do you think? Do you think he's going to make it the whole season? Uh, I don't know. Anything else with the Rays? No. Anything else with the Lightning? No. I think we could. Do, I think we can call this one a show. I think so. Yeah. Sweet. Um. Let's let. Let, let, let's win this, this this next home game for the Lightning. That's all I want. That, if if I can ask for anything, um, I think the next time the Lightning play the Bruins at home, we win that game. That's what I want. Okay. If we if we happen to win in Boston uh, again this this coming game, I think that'd be icing on the proverbial proverbial cake. Proverbial proverbial. But. Let's win our let's win our game at home, okay? Let's win game five at home. How about that? I'm good with That's that. That's what I want. I want game five at home, and uh, let's let's go from there. What? Yeah. So that is that is my uh, that is my wish list. I think the the Rays went five and three on the road. I think if we if we at least win this series uh, against the, uh, the the Blue Jays at home, that's that would be ideal. To, to win against them, and then we got the Braves coming up for two games. Uh, if we can win one. Duh, Braves. Duh, Braves. So let's win one against the Braves. Let's win two against the Blue Jays. I'd be happy with that. Um, Buccaneers, fucking Jameis Just Winston. Please don't do anything stupid. If the Jameis Winston suspension is three games as opposed to six, I'd be happy with that. Um, yeah. yeah, Fitzpatrick can get us like one and two, maybe. Yeah, yeah if it's like, magic, yeah, we got we got the offense for it, right? We got some yeah, we got some blockers, yeah. offensive linemen, yeah. you know. Yeah. All right, yeah. stay tuned for some uh, pop culture talk. Nala, anything to add? If I if I yell, if 
gonna... No, she's not gonna do it. <laughs> I don't do that on command. This fucking ticket policy, man! I, I, I can't stand this ticket policy! These motherfuckers! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. There we go. Okay. Anyway. I love Alright, guys, that was, uh, that was Where the Bay. I am, uh, I'm Kyle. I'm Anthony. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> I, uh, I'm Kyle. I think, I think I was. Are you Nala? Reclining chairs and all Ooh. that stuff. Oh man, it, that's why I went and saw it, and it was so good. I like those a lot. Yeah. Um, a, a buddy of mine, he does this. He used to do this thing where he, like, he would, he would be aware of the initial movie. Like, he knows that like, okay, this movie's coming out this at this time. I know I want to see it, and then that's it. That's all I want to see. I don't want to like. He would. It would be to the point where if a, if the trailer was playing on the TV, he would flip away. Like he didn't. He didn't want people talking about it around him. Like just don't tell me anything about the movie. And I think that's honestly the best possible way to to, to go about it yeah. because you don't. You have nothing spoiled it's for you. It's hard these days because it it's is. everywhere. All the Infinity War was all over the internet and still is. Even now, it's been out for like a week now. Actually, right. a week today. It's been out for a week and it's still all over the place. And it's hard to avoid. It's hard to avoid everything. And the trailers these days give away big plot points oh, and yeah. stuff like that. I try not to watch trailers. That's the other thing I do. Like I maybe w- I might watch. I the watch teaser. them for movies that I know nothing about. That's fair. Um, but I was. We were just talking about the. Sur- oh, well, I was. I brought up the point. Nobody really <laughs> tagged up on it. But like, you really don't, you don't see you see, it's either hundreds of million dollar blockbusters or like a five to. You know, one to five million dollar indie indie film. film. That's it. That's really all you see. You either get three billboards outside of Ebbing's, Missouri, or you get fucking Avengers: Infinity Wars. One of the two. You know, there's no in between anymore. Yep. You get Lady Bird, or or you get fucking Fast and Furious. Oh God, Fast and Furious, man. Those movies are so bad. (laughs) I mean, they have their place in society and blah 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 blah, but they're bad. They're real bad. Um. We uh, we started watching Shape of Water, and I didn't. I Strange movie. Yeah, hang on, just a second. It doesn't. I guess it doesn't pick up on the. I didn't. We didn't finish it. We didn't finish uh, Stranger Shape of Water. Stranger Water. Stranger Water. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it's called. Did you watch Stranger Things season two yet? Um, I did. What do you think? Uh, not as good as the first season. Yeah, in my I opinion. Thought, I thought so. I thought it was kind of a. I don't know. I feel like they 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 kind of knew they were popular at that point, so they just went for like kind of kit, kitschy eighty shit. Where in the first, I felt like the first what the first season did right was that you knew it was set in the eighties without them having to tell you it was set in the eighties. Right. I was just gonna say it. It was a good show that happened to be set in the eighties. Yeah. Now they're they're like they're Ghostbusters. They're going full eighties. Yeah. yeah. They're like, hey, remember the eighties? Like. Yeah. I forget what the, the the sound cue, but like they they played mu- like the music that they played. I was like, oh come on, like that's way too like on the nose. I just I don't know. I liked it before when it was just this kind of like electronic, like do 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 do, like that score, the score. It was only that, and there wasn't like a lot of licensed music in it. Um, 
Beware. Uh, they even put that in a trailer. You're in for scare. Like, yeah. Like, and it's like, God, that's that's straight up goosebump shit. Like, I mean, that being said, I still like, I don't know. I like the, the uh, it's hard to say I like this, that last season. It was, I give it like a, a C. I give it like I give a solid it, I give C. It like a C plus B minus. Which is like after like the first thing is like an A. Yeah. And like a C is like a way far. It's like I even feel like the internet didn't go as crazy over it as they did. like the first season of Stranger Things. Like it was all over the place. Right. Like people lo- and then like season two came out and I feel like overall people were kind of let down. No, like, dude, I don't think so. I think I feel like it. It got stronger season two and everybody was like, oh my god, Stranger Things and Millie Bobby Brown and uh, oh my god, Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, yeah. it's fucking. I don't know, dude. I, Is it Wolf Hard or Wolf Hard? Wolf Hard? I don't know. He was on Gang Grumps. Yeah, I, I watched that episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were, it was, it, there was a lot of questions. Like, why? It ended too soon and too quickly. Like, 11, okay, the 11's the key to it all. And, she, and as soon as she comes back, everything's fixed. And um, I don't know. It's just. You watch any other TV shows? Right uh. Now? I just watched a documentary about Flint, Michigan, called Flint Town. It's on Netflix. That was pretty good. Was it? Yeah, it was. It's it's more about it's like during the water crisis and during the presidential elections. It's about like the police. Have you watched Last Chance Nuts. You? No. That's a really good show. Um, Lost in Space, I hear is good. I heard that people love that show. I I'm trying to Michelle is like she's about to she watches it every night we podcast. So like I'm three episodes behind now. <laughs> like I can't catch up with her. I'm never gonna catch up. I'm rewatching The Office because I only ever watched it once through. Uh, I love The Office, but it's like the jokes don't hit as hard. They do, know? but it's like I don't know. I wanna, I wanna try to watch something. Well, new. I'm just rewatching it because I only, I only ever watched it once through, and I kind of, and I still think Parks and Rec is better, and I know I'm in the minority there. But it's, it's so strange to me that so many people are into The Office because when I used to watch it, I used to, we used to have like watch parties at, at my place, and we would watch it every Thursday. When it came on live or whatever, yeah. like new episodes, and it was like kind of like a, it, to me, it felt like a sort of an indie thing. Like nobody really watched The Office. Now it's like so like everywhere. So it's like I feel the opposite. Really? I saw The Office every fucking where when it was big, and I wasn't watching it live. I didn't watch it till it came out on Netflix. Right. Uh, but I was like seeing like Dwight like memes and and all kinds of shit everywhere. Like like you'd go to an actual office and there'd be office shit. Like, up on people's cubicles, and, like, that's what she said. Like, that was huge for a while, and, like... The office made me want to work in an office, and now I work in an office, and I fucking... It's not... Don't work it's in an it. You don't want to work in an office, man. Anything... It makes everybody want... Because they think that an office environment is, like, is that. And it's, like, obviously not that over the top, you know, but they think, like, oh, you know, everybody's, like, kind of, like... Joking with each other, I was like, "No, offices suck, man." The one thing they did capture properly is just like an office environment is like it's so. I don't know how to explain it. It's like the awkwardness. They nailed that because it's like you want to be like proper with other people, and you want like you know like oh this is like a big boy job, and I'm supposed to be like professional, professional. in the suit and tie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas like you can make the same amount of money do working in a warehouse and fucking off all the time. I've done both. I've I've worked in a warehouse where I'm like yeah like like, uh, and then I've and they kind of captured that in the show. Yeah, they did. There's mm-hmm. like that dichotomy of like okay the warehouse and the the office. I don't know. Anyways, good show. I, that's all. I'm, I'm not really up on a lot of shows. Dude, have you watched A Quiet Place? Or cool. 
Oh, oh John the movie. John, 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 John Krasinski. Krasinski. Yeah, it's Krasinski. And Emily Blunt. Married in real life. that movie is so good. I read this. I read the Wikipedia synopsis. <laughs> Why would you do that? I Look, mean, see, everybody wants to see. It seems interesting. I'm not going to see it in theaters. <laughs> I, I don't like scary movies. Okay, oh, yeah, that's right. Here, it's out in the open. I don't <laughs> like scary movies. Did you watch it? Yeah, I did watch okay. it. Okay, I didn't think it was actually. I didn't think it was that scary. So, um, it's kind of silly. Maybe I'm getting. Maybe I'm getting old now, and and things that were scary are no longer scary. I don't Come know. join the cloud, Eds. We float down here. Yeah, they all float down there. Yes, we according, do. According to uh, Stephen King and also Pennywise the Clown. All right, we're done with pop culture. Pop culture corner. Pop culture corner is over. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Corner. We're, we're becoming like a NBC 8 o'clock show. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, they wearing it. The red carpet. Dude, Tom Brokaw's getting... Everybody's getting me too. <laughs> Oh, Tom Brokaw did? Bill Bill Cosby, Tom Brokaw, everybody's getting me You too. see fucking Bill Cosby walking out of, of like, his guilty verdict and still doing, like, his comedian shit. Really? With the crowd. You didn't see that shit? Hey, I'm Tim. No, he wasn't talking, but, like, he did, like, the like the comedian look, kind of, like, the thing, the head movement thing that he's known for and all oh, that shit. Boy. Like That dude is sick in the fucking head. Like, oh, my God. They talked about it on uh, your mom's house this week. Oh, I should have I should have listened to it. I, yeah. I haven't listened to it in two weeks, so. I love. I really love that podcast. I told you, you. I knew you would. Dude. Yeah. It's a great show. It's yeah. Fucking. Oh, it's got me. I. I'm. I'm behind. I'm behind on everything. I, the only thing. Well, I, you work in an office, so you really have no excuse to be behind. Mm. <laughs> that's the thing, though. I don't work like. I don't do like mindless tasks anymore. I have to like focus on shit, so oh, okay. I can't like I can't like listen to a podcast and yeah. be actually do your job well. Yeah, See, I, I drive around all day, so I can. That's I can, yeah. I well, I listen to talk radio in the afternoon, but it's um. I can't. Listen it's a to daily. It's like a daily thing, so it's like I don't have to focus like too hard on it because it's not like a weekly thing where it's like okay, new episodes out. I gotta listen to a new episode. I can't. I can't listen to talk radio, man. Love it's talk like radio. it's like three minutes of like hey, hey, and then commercials for five to ten minutes. Ah, uh, that part of it sucks. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know. When we come back. We'll be talking to Joe Smith of the Athletic TV about the Lightning's playoff run. <laughs> well, six twenty sucks. I don't know. Right after this, I never listen to six twenty anymore. Used to. Used to. I I flip or I flip over there occasionally to just see what's going on and it's never good. No. It's not like it used to be. Is Dumig just like not on anymore? I don't know, dude. I I thought about that. Cuz he came back for a little bit and he then he was gone again. Did. And I'm gonna, I f- I'm gonna learn. I feel like he was back on uh Monday because he was they were broadcasting. No, it wasn't Monday. Yeah. Monday because they were broadcasting live from Emily Arena. Oh, were they? And I know that like when I flip over there, if I ever flip over and I and it's it's in the middle of a long pause, and I know it's Dumeg because he's the, he's like, um, you know, oh he locked his account, did he? Yeah, of course he did. He's like, uh, uh, uh he always ha- it's always been locked actually. No, it used to be open. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I Go th- ahead. I'm sorry. He he um, the way Dumeg works is he'd be like uh. You know, uh, Tyler Johnson's your top player now. 
That's just that's just what it is. That's just what it is. Like these huge pauses, long pauses. I know he would he would always let like let things hang as if like his three or his ten like usual listeners are like, oh 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 shit, I didn't even think about that. 